and welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Peter Rosher, Global Head of Reed Smith's international arbitration practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. Welcome to our Women in Arbitration podcast mini-series, a platform for women's voices across the global international arbitration community. I'm Lucy Winnington-Ingram, an international arbitration lawyer based in Reed Smith's London office. In these episodes, we will hear from leading women in the international arbitration space and discuss industry news, trends, developments and matters of interest. And with that, let's get started. My name is Jane Miles and I'm a senior associate in Reed Smith's Dubai office. I'll be moderating our panel discussions today around diversity and the growing recognition that simply paying lip service to it is no longer enough. I'm joined today by my colleague Alison Eslick, a senior associate in our Dubai office and a strong proponent within Reed Smith for promoting diversity and equal opportunities for women in the arbitration sphere in particular. Irina Akulenka, senior consultant at HKA, arbitrator and current chair of the CIRB's UAE branch, and together with Linda Fitzalan, Abu Dhabi Global Markets Court Registrar and Chief Executive. Ladies, thank you for joining me here today. Alison, turning to you first, following on from the various sessions you attended as part of Dubai Arbitration Week at the end of 2021, and your panel session for the Saudi Centre for Commercial Arbitration, what are your thoughts on where the legal community has got to in terms of not just promoting diversity, but actually realising it? Thanks, Jane. Look, I was delighted to speak at two of the Dubai Arbitration Week events, the first being Reed Smith's debate on the future of arbitration in the UAE, and the second being the SCCA Symposium. Now, at both these events, I have to say, women were certainly present and active on the speaking panels, but not on parity with our male colleagues. So just to give you a flavour here, at the SCCA event, there were two women and four gentlemen on the panel. And I understand uh, that the speakers were put forward by the sponsoring law firms rather than selected by the SCCA. And at our own event, we had myself and four gentlemen composed of clients and colleagues. Now, from what I understand, there seems to have been a roughly similar ratio of men to women in speaking positions throughout the Dubai Arbitration Week. So look, this all really did get me thinking about how far we have come with diversity Because, you know, it was so fantastic to see various senior women in speaking slots, uh, more so, I think, than in previous years. But there's still clearly a long way to go. And, of course, gender diversity in arbitration, it's, it's a complex challenge, Jane. I mean, it's also part of a broader societal challenge and there are no really simple answers here. But the great news is I think we are finally having real conversations about gender diversity, such as this podcast today. And it's undeniably a hot topic. It was actively discussed at Dubai Arbitration Week in various events in a very positive and proactive way. And Jane, you'll you'll recall that at the SCCA event, I did throw out a bit of a cheeky challenge to the organisers of Dubai Arbitration Week and the future organisers of Saudi Arbitration Week to see whether there might be some way to try and just get more talented females in speaking slots on the panels. So I think let's just watch this space. 
And of course, you know, we all have our own part to play as, as females by accepting speaking positions and, you know, actively putting our hands up for them. Thanks, Alison. Some valid points there. Irina, as a woman working in the golf's construction industry, which faces its own challenges with diversity, how have you been welcomed into the legal and arbitration community, both as chair of CIRB's UAE chapter and as an arbitrator yourself? Thank you, Jane, and uh, hello, everyone. First of all, I'd like to thank Jane and the whole uh, Reed Smith team for inviting me here today. It's a pleasure to join Alison and Linda for this still very important discussion, I would say. Now, I'd like to break it down a little bit in terms of different viewpoints on this uh, question. Now, first of all, when we talk about construction industry, and not just the Gulf, but I would say globally, generally speaking, I think there are still challenges with uh, gender diversity and indeed enriching gender parity. But to my mind, when I think about it, it perhaps has a lot to do with the nature of construction work. So if it's a lot easier to achieve gender parity in terms of consultancies or ancillary services, you know, engineering and architectural firms, it's very difficult, I think, to achieve such a parity on construction sites. Having said that, and challenging still remain, I would say having worked in the industry from 2008 myself, I felt very much welcomed. I never felt prejudiced. I never felt discriminated in any way by any of my male colleagues, uh, peers, you know, clients. Very much on the contrary, I always felt supported. I always felt guided enough. And indeed, majority of my mentors were men. So, um, you know, there is nothing uh, that I can say bad happened. In terms of my role as chair of the local branch of the CIR, it's been a very challenging year in office, I have to say, but a very rewarding year indeed. And I have to say, I felt absolutely welcomed by everybody. The branch committee, the members of the branch, and indeed the, you know, the ADR community here and internationally as well. Last but not the least, in terms of my you know, arbitral appointments, in my role as, as a neutral, I started getting appointments from 2019 sometime. And ever since, I felt very much welcomed by the whole community, locally and internationally as well. Some very positive insights there. Thank you, Irina. Linda, having been in the region yourself now for six years and overseeing ADGM courts and ADGM arbitration centre, have you noticed any improvement in the representative diversity of women in arbitration or the dispute resolution teams that are interacting with ADGM? Jane, good afternoon and huge thanks to the firm for hosting this podcast. I think the fact that we ha are having on this podcast and this topic is tremendous. So it's uh, fantastic to be here with uh, Irina and Alison, I've seen a lot of change in the last six years, and it's been brilliant change. I think from our perspective, the principal reason for the change is that there has been a concerted effort from the legal profession to ensure that this bubbles to the top, that it doesn't simmer below and lose any traction or any discussion or debate. So we've tried with our arbitration panels and our mediation panels to have diversity at the top of it. So at the core of invitations and selection to those panels, we've wanted to ensure that women have a fantastic opportunity to participate as they should do as equals, as extraordinary professionals in those dispute resolution areas. Very strong policy from our perspective, from the arbitration centre, from the court and from ADGM itself. But 
but we've really had to go looking for those amazing achieving women professionals. We we had to sort of scour the world and leave no stone unturned in trying to find them because they're all out there doing really terrific things and but they're just not visible. You know, they, like all of us, they're getting on with it. You know, they're just uh, working incredibly hard, incredibly diligently, and throwing themselves at their work and forgetting that they don't have that exposure. And so we've really wanted to go and find them, invite them to panels, put them on our website, and sort of showcase the, the skills that they have. So, yeah, so the last six years... I think there's been great change, massive improvement, but so much further to go, so much more to do. And I think we're at that fantastic ignition point now, but especially with leaders such as Arena with her in her role. You know, what we are starting to see is these, you know, thought leaders, you know, driving this change. And so so much more to do so much further to go. But I, I know we'll get there. We really will. And it will be an exciting journey as we um, take it all together. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It certainly sounds like you've set out some very sort of crucial foundations to the whole approach to diversity and how we're going to get from where we were, say, six years ago to where we're aiming to get to in the future. And then to, I understand that ADGM is doing a lot in support of gender equality. Um, and under your leadership, the arbitration courts teams are focused on this area, as you've just been discussing. But could you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing to promote diversity? Absolutely. Thanks, Jane. We started a gender equality initiative back in 2019. And the three main pillars of that are leading by example, working collaboratively and championing effective change. And what we've tried to do is partner with significant organizations in order to achieve that, such as UN Women, the American Embassy in UAE, the 30% Club, and a number of others. And the CIAB in particular has been incredibly helpful in this area. So we uh, and one of our key partners in gender equality is Mazda, which is another W-based leader in clean energy. And WISER, as we call it, which is the Women and Sustainability Environment renewable energy platform gives young, talented females an opportunity to really engage and move through the profession in sustainability, which is a very big push for us because we see the future as being sustainability with diversity and technology. So that that has been what our initiative is focused on. I'm surrounded by very talented women here in ADGM. Uh, Hannah Denner here from our arbitration centre, Mercedes Valamron Surratt from our finance team, financial services team, are leading this initiative with me. We feel like we're really getting enormous traction in this. And if we have this through this platform with sustainability, we are making massive inroads into that and we'll continue to do that. But we have lots coming out on that this year and engaging with the um, female leaders and the up and coming leaders in the profession so that we can really champion their careers and help them through that is absolutely pivotal, absolutely extraordinary platform for us and something that we are focused on. 
certainly sounds like you've got some very good um, inroads there with uh, relationships across different organisations in terms of how we turn this around as a legal community. Irina, um, what plans does the CIRB's UAE chapter have under your stewardship in terms of encouraging diversity and what changes have you seen within HKA, your own organisation in this regard? Honestly, Jen, I think there's never been a better time in terms of institute, the CIRB, uh, in relation to gender diversity. I think centrally, our um, leadership is all female, uh, as you might know. We've got our director general, who is a woman, and our president, global president, is also a woman. And historically, we've never witnessed before that we've had two consecutive presidents, both females. So Andra and Robertson just handed over to Jane Gunn just literally January this year. So it's a historic moment for all of us, I think. And here on the ground in the UAE as well, you know, myself and my vice chair, we are both women. And on the branch committee, I'm pleased to say we nearly reached parity out of the 18 members of the committee that we have. In addition to that, we always make sure that all of our events, all of our panels are gender diverse and indeed diverse in all aspects. And actually, sometimes we have more women on the panels than we have men. <laughs> in, in terms of wider initiatives, not just the gender specific, uh, we introduced mentorship scheme uh, formally as of last year uh, for the very first time uh, in the UAE. We've also launched a quarterly new newsletter again for the first time. And we do um, publish articles by our members, member profiles, which I think is hugely important. And of course, many of our authors are women, so there is that as well. Uh, now, going going to my employer, HKA, I'm also pleased to say that the progress has been absolutely tremendous in the last couple of years. You know, we've historically had locations where we were lacking in terms of female fee earners, but we hugely improved in the last two years. In the Middle East, particularly in terms of the recruitment of women, we are now at 35.5% as of November last year. That's the last figure that I've got. So I think it's, it's an amazing progress that we've achieved. And again, you know, wider initiatives are also in place. We've introduced regional EDNI committees. We are working on a number of initiatives there. And I'm a member of the Middle East EDNI committee myself. We also introduced paid internships as of beginning of this year. And we are now working on launching a formal mentorship program as well. And the last thing is that we constantly uh, survey our employees. So we do it anonymously, of course, but we seriously take the comments on board that we receive about, you know, whether people actually have, uh, you know, they feel included within HK. I think it's, it's very important as well. It certainly sounds like when engagement happens and it happens properly whether it's within ADGM's initiatives or just within a company's own like you've given examples with HKA that um, it does make a difference when people feel listened to and heard and Alison you know having received such a positive welcome response to your remarks encouraging equal opportunities for women arbitrators from the SCCA and having he heard this afternoon you know from Linda about all the inroads that they're making there and the partnerships that ADGM is, um, is getting into. I mean, it does certainly seem like the legal community is finally starting to see the issue and taking it seriously. What do you think? 
Thanks, Jane, for the question. And thanks for referencing the uh, SCCA symposium um, because we did have a good chat about diversity at that event. And, you know, look, I knew I wanted to raise diversity uh, when I spoke at that event, but it certainly wasn't a focal topic. And, you know, I wasn't even sure I would have an opportunity to weave it into the discussion. And so, you know, before the event started, I actually asked James McPherson, the Special Counsel and Projects Leader of the SCCA, whether it would even be appropriate to get into a gender discussion. And his reaction was, sure, you know, the SCCA would welcome a discussion on diversity. So going back to your question of, you know, is the legal community taking gender diversity seriously? I genuinely uh, believe it is now. And we really seem to have turned a corner whereby, you know, once was once it was quite a sensitive topic, I think, but now it's something that the arbitration community is readily tackling head on and they're doing it, you know, they're doing it time after time now. It's a regular issue. And because arbitral institutions like the DIAC, of course, the ADGM Centre, as we've heard today, and now the SCCA have all signed up to the arbitration pledge they now know that they're accountable for their diversity credentials. And this has raised the bar for the conduct of the arbitral institutions. And we've heard so much about what the ADGM is doing today from Linda, and it's just so pleasing and so uh, inspirational to hear it. You know, I think it all applies to law firms too. So Reed Smith has signed the pledge, and we as a business need to constantly reevaluate ourselves. It's not enough just to sign the pledge. We have to think about what that means every year and hold ourselves accountable. And I know for sure at Reed Smith that we're doing it. And I think from what I hear that other law firms are equally doing it. And, you know, going back to the SCCA symposium, another example here, I have to say I was really so pleased with the positive reaction from the SCCA's CEO, Dr. Hamid Mara, to my comments at the event because of all the topics he chose to cover in his closing remarks, and we covered so many topics, he directly addressed my comments on diversity in a, in a very forthright manner, which I think again shows that the issue is being taken seriously at the highest levels of organisations and throughout the region, not just in the UAE. And finally, I think um, it's important to remember that we're not just talking about diversity for diversity's sake. There is a growing recognition that diversity promotes better decision-making, whether it be on company boards, in parliaments, arbitral tribunals, in law firms. And so because of this realisation, I think really now it's not just a tick-a-box exercise. I think we're genuinely starting to see a demand for more diversity in arbitration. And I'm pleased to say that's also being recognised by my clients at Reed Smith, who are actively choosing female arbitrators. So I'm confident that in time, uh, things on the diversity front will continue to improve. But as Linda said, of course, we're, you know, we've still got a long way to go. Thanks, Alison. I certainly agree. Um, this afternoon, we've heard some very encouraging examples, not just of women supporting women, but of men now supporting women too. So in closing, could I ask each of you how you think the arbitration space might look like in the context of diversity and gender parity in say five years time because off the back of where we've got to so far it certainly sounds like there's still some way to go but I think in five years time we might be working in a very different space altogether. Irina would you like to share your thoughts first? Yes yeah, sure thank you Jane. 
Look, I think there is a lot happening in the ADR space, generally speaking, and given the pace of change, particularly technological change, it's uh, hard to predict what we're going to look like in five years' time as an industry. But in terms of gender parity and gender diversity, I think given the progress we've seen so far, it's hopefully going to be an upward trend from now on uh, into the future. But I have to say here that uh, I think as an international uh, arbitration community, we would probably all benefit from um, focusing on other areas of diversity, not just the gender diversity, but also racial diversity, diversity in age, diversity in background. And when I say background, I think it's just working more on welcoming more arbitrators, mediators, adjudicators from non-legal backgrounds. And I think this specific area is, is very timely indeed, given the COP26 commitments that just uh, you know came out last year. And obviously, we're all going to race to net zero. And we're all going to, I think, experience this wave of disputes that's going to come out of it, whether, you know, in renewable sectors, whether uh, infrastructure, associated infrastructure, whether uh, cross-border disputes, investment disputes, or generally speaking, uh, arising out of the climate change events themselves, such as, you know, climatic disasters uh, and things like that. And I, I strongly believe that such disputes would probably be best placed to be decided by the neutrals from the relevant backgrounds and having the relevant expertise. And I think, again, as a community, we would probably all benefit from focusing on providing training opportunities, shadowing opportunities, mentorship opportunities for, for this sort of new generation of neutrals. Thank you, Irina. Linda, what would you like to add? Thanks, Jane. I couldn't agree more with Irina in this from the perspective of there's a broadening here of diversity, that it's not not just gender, but it is broadening enormously. I think in five years' time it is hard to predict, but I think there's one there is one certainty about it, and I think that there is going to be an increase in complexity because of what's happening at the moment with sustainability, because there is a lot of push and pull around the world of different types of disputes. So sustainably broadly, we see a lot in technology here, in fintech, in legal tech. You know, I've been involved in justice tech. So it's changing enormously and at an exponential rate than I think it did in the last 10 years. So for me, I think this next five years in terms of complexity is is quite different to the last 10. And so what needs to happen for the profession is, is a change of mindset, is a really different way of approaching disputes. I think this is where arbitration has come to will come to the fore and to pick up Irina's point, which I think is is very well made, is experts and subject matter experts in particular involved in disputes at a very early time as circuit breakers because the world has changed from a financial perspective as well. We hear clients talk about needed the legal profession needing to really have a different approach to disputes, a different perspective, and bring different skills to bear on their resolution before everybody is sitting in front of an arbitral tribunal or in front of a judge or, you know, wherever they get an adjudication. So I see 
resolution through more of a facilitated means because of the complexity and the uncertainty as where they're going as being something that's going to emerge enormously. Climate is something we are focusing on in dispute resolution in ADGM massively and sustainability generally. But I think it's a really fascinating time for the profession to change. I don't like the word pivot very much, but I do like the word transform, to transform into this, these emerging areas and pick them up as challenges and as really, I guess, fun fun extra things to do as to the way, you know, you can spend your life as a lawyer going forward. But I think they're exciting. I think they're really exciting times. I couldn't agree more, Linda. It certainly sounds like there's a lot, when you think about the wider perspective, to look forward to and a lot of challenges that we perhaps haven't quite figured out yet. So that'll keep us all busy. Um, Alison, what would you like to add? Oh, well, both the ladies have said amazing things. So there's not much perhaps left for me to say other than I agree with Linda. I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had some more female mediators out there to help with, you know, dispute resolution before it actually gets to a full-blown dispute? Because I think that is what clients want. And I think uh, I think we will see more female mediators as we go forward. And, you know, my real hope is that very soon we're just going to have gender parity on panels at events such as GAR and Arbitration Week, and it should just be automatic, you know, not something that has to be uh, thought about. You know, we have plenty of female candidates available. As Linda said, they're just not as easy to find. But if we all make the efforts that the ADGM is making to to seek out those women, then surely we can have parity uh, pretty soon and definitely within five years. And I guess I'd also sincerely hope that the arbitration pledge one day will have achieved its goal and perhaps then we won't need a pledge because it will just be a matter of course that we will have female arbitrators uh, sitting alongside male arbitrators. Thank you, Alison. I agree. I think it will certainly be interesting to look back in five years' time or so and see where we were now compared to where we are in the future. It only remains for me to say thank you to you all this afternoon for sharing your time and your insights into where we are now with diversity and gender parity in the region and where we think we might be going to next, not only in terms of the parity issue, but more broadly speaking within the arbitration sphere. So Linda, Irina and Alison, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Jane. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much, everyone. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email arbitralinsights at reedsmith.com. To learn about the Reed Smith Arbitration Pricing Calculator, a first-of-its-kind mobile app that forecasts the cost of arbitration around the world, search Arbitration Pricing Calculator on reedsmith.com or download for free through the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, ReadSmith.com, and our social media accounts at ReadSmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.